Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am once again on another show that I don't regularly host, uh, but we will give Nick a pardon due to some unfortunate circumstances that have come his way, and we wish him well. With that, where is it? Roll intro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of... <laughs> I don't get it. I'm glad I don't get it. I don't even want to know. Please don't explain this to me. You're right. That is the wrong video. <laughs> I loaded that video on here, and I don't think I've ever caught the show early enough to realize that's the wrong video. <laughs> I will fix that later. That's funny. Uh, um, yeah, we need we need a sweet intro like that. What the hell? Well, that's that's the intro for everything. But uh, <clears throat> I'm dead. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get y'all one. Uh, so I guess I'll roll through these ad reads right. real quick. Yeah. Uh, Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus for all your vet cock ass needs. Uh, go find them on Facebook. It is one of the largest uh, caucuses in the party. Ish. That's what they claim. The Alaskan Raven for all your meme needs. Go find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Find us on other platforms other than Facebook. And we will get into that later, but definitely subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Jack Casey's Crowned by Gold. I am contractually obligated to tell you that it's a good book. I'm never going to read it because Jack Casey kicks puppies. Um, and then the Greasy Porcupine. Uh, go to greasyporcupines.org to find out more about their road services, tune-ups, maintenance, service, and repair. And... Uh, yeah, so uh, apparently uh, Facebook has been on this very hard tirade in the last few years about deleting harmful accounts. And apparently Facebook realized it's harmful, so it deleted itself. <laughs> it just straight deleted itself. No longer. New, new, do, new DNS, who dis? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm not on Facebook. I've been off Facebook for a while now. Uh, after I got banned for like the third time, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it to make another one. Uh, so when I read that this morning, I was just like, bro, sucks. You hate to see it happen. No, you don't. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. I oh, lost man. like 10 years worth of memories from like the end of high school, my entire military career, and then like a couple years uh like a year or two after I got out, like all gone. Yeah, it's not It's not just you're losing an account. You're losing, like yeah. you said, memories. Uh, there's people that work behind the scenes here for the, the network that lost accounts that had, uh, they were friends with people that have died and they can't get that back. There's messages yeah. that they've said that they can't get back. And so this idea, oh, they're, they're just banning you from their platform. It's not just that. It's There's a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we're going to go down a rabbit hole with that, but it's just like, I mean, with all the censorship and shit that they do and, and, and how much like personal stuff and I get it, it's, it's their platform. They own it. It's their property. But I mean, they were doing all that fucking banning and censorship, at, you know, the essentially the request of the government. So like, honestly, like serves them right. I don't really, I have no sympathy for them. Yeah, I also heard something uh, about like the largest data leak. I don't know if they're related. I don't know if the two things are related, but I heard about uh, they had like some huge data leak uh, either like yesterday or today recently. Uh, and then somebody else was saying that uh, there was an interview with a whistleblower. Uh, and that was part of this whole Facebook's conspiracy. Yeah, she uh, basically said that <clears throat> uh, Facebook was covering up harmful and violent content 
but was still leaving it there so that way they kept getting the money rolling in from it. Right. Or how about this? Let people say what they want to and be as shitty as they want to. And when you realize how shitty these people are, people will just disassociate from them. Right. And then you don't have to worry about them radicalizing other people because if people are like, hey, this guy's a racist or this guy's a piece of shit, we're not going to talk to him. So now he's got nobody he can radicalize. Right. Well, I mean, it's like, look at Alex Jones. I mean, they did... They, they all of them worked the hardest to get them all, get them all deplatformed and all that stuff. And now he's like, uh, he's like a folk legend. Especially he's not gone. He's right all the goddamn time. He's not gone. He's still around, and that's the thing. It's like what what they're not realizing is like they're they're, they're so Facebook and places like that are trying to help Democrats. You know, they're pushing that style of narrative, and the Republicans naturally are saying, look, they're censoring us, they're deplatforming us, blah, 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 blah. But Ben Shapiro is one of the has the largest reach on Facebook of anyone I've ever seen. And they're not really doing anything about it. But he keeps saying it. He keeps saying, oh, they're throttling us. They're, they're censoring us. Right. And that draws people into him because people naturally hate fucking Facebook because of how shitty they are. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the whole monetization works or all that stuff. I know that, like, you have to run ads and whatever. And I just assume that, like, Ben Shapiro probably brings in a ton of money for all these different social media platforms. So, you know, I, like, I'm surprised uh, they still have Trump banned from everything. I mean, uh, his, his tweets and all that other, you know, they, it brought in a lot of views. People didn't like it. They went there. They clicked the link. They, they commented. Like, whether they like him or not, like, he was generating money for social media platforms. Yeah, it's that's that Trump derangement syndrome. Like, I don't like the man, but I'm not going to, like, my world does not end if I hear him speak. It's funny. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like a handful, uh, a handful of politicians. Trump definitely is not one of them. But at the same time, like, yeah, like, like I said, you know, they've got to be generating money for these companies. I mean. I don't know. They can have their echo chamber. Sucks. I don't. I mean, I'm still on Twitter. I think I'm still on Instagram, uh, but I mostly just I keep it. I keep it, you know, pretty pretty PG. I keep uh, mostly just stuff that I'm doing, uh, training, gardening, you know, normal normal stuff like that. Uh, and so far, I've kept that account, but most of my shit's done on Twitter now, anyway. No cafefe. No, no cafefe. <laughs> so I've, I've, no, tr- I've never tried like Telegram or anything like that. I know a lot of people talk about Telegram, but uh, I just, it's too much technology. I've already got Signal and Discord and all these other chats that I don't think I need another social media platform. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot. Uh, I don't, people have been trying to push me to get on MeWe. Um, yeah. I, I will say I did create a, an account on MeWe, but only to harass someone. Uh, it's the guy who's running. So there's this guy, Randy Purdom Jr., who lives in Texas, but is yeah. running for the sole congressional house seat in Alaska. And yes, so the residency requirement is so flimsy that all all you have to do is have residency. Well, he was in the military. And when he was stationed in Alaska, he retained his residency. He's he's lived there maybe two, three years. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to save Alaska. Well, so we were bullying him naturally yeah. uh, as good libertarians. and um, As you should. As we should. And <laughs> he, he's, he started blocking people. Or like mm-hmm. just like he would call him racist for oh, for yeah. like well see he's he's a he's a he's a black guy but he's running as a Republican and he's going to run against the oldest sitting member of Congress and he uh, I can't remember the guy's name the who, 80 who, who, dude was just in the news the other day I think so yeah but yeah so I made a MeWe account to go over there and bully him on MeWe too so. Oh, well, good. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much like started using Twitter so I could bully Governor Jay Inslee and Senator Patty Murray. And then it just kind of 
it evolved into you know bullying Biden and and everybody else over there um, and sharing dank memes. All the good things that are required to join the LP. If you're watching and you want to know what do I need to do to not be called not a real libertarian, what you do is you find a bunch of memes and then you just yell at people on the internet all single all day long. That's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. I was calling myself not a real libertarian before I even got on this network. Uh, the standards are just, they're all over the place for what a real libertarian is, you know, with all the gatekeeping going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, yeah. So you had a snippet from a book you wanted to discuss. Yeah, so I mentioned it uh, before on, I think, on the last episode uh, in my long-winded rant uh, about uh, Resistance to Tyranny uh, by Joseph Martino, their uh, PhD type. But uh, this is the book that essentially radicalized me this is kind of like i started reading it and there's a lot of stuff in here that you know you look at what's going on today and you're like holy shit you know that's uh that's pretty much what we're seeing now in a certain way and he lists the the five step solution uh that governments will take to suppress resistance or dissidence Uh, and i kind of just wanted to go over that talk about that a little bit um it's only a couple pages of here but uh just kind of talk about it and see you know, where they compare, he, he uses a lot of examples from, you know, Nazi Germany and USSR and stuff like that. And we won't get into it that far, but just kind of like the, the, the broad topics. So uh, the first one is, is identify. The government will attempt to identify resistors, troublemakers and influential or motivational persons who might serve as focal points for open organizations of resistance. So, I mean, pretty much that's it. Like they've already identified you know, you have, you know, uh, what was um, obviously Trump. They got Trump. Uh, they identified him as being, you know, the, you know, the leader of the far right or whatever the case may be. The uh, There was all kinds of people. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, like a lot of these people don't help their they don't help themselves because they say weird shit and they like they kind of go off the handle a whole lot. But like. The left is pretty quick, like when somebody is saying something that they don't like, they're pretty quick to identify like, hey, this person is an anti-vaxxer. Oh, you must be racist. You know, and that kind of gets us into the other ones, uh, too, is marginalized. You know, they want to marginalize people so that their uh, their voices, you know, they don't really mean anything. Right. It says once a group or individual uh, has been identified, the next step is to marginalize them. Uh, the print, broadcast, and electronic media will proceed to present the identified group in unfavorable terms. So not too long ago, we had an article come out from the ADL saying how, you know, the Boogaloo movement was full of white nationalists. So we've been marginalized. Like, they didn't even take the time to talk to anybody. They just, oh, these are white nationalists. And and libertarians in general have been facing that for a long time, where they're always, you know, they're always grouped into these uh, white nationalists um, white supremacist, whatever movements, far right movements, uh, just because, you know, they do things like support your right to defend yourself or your freedom of speech. Uh, and we know that freedom of speech really only applies to, to the topics that are acceptable, uh, from the, uh, the aristocracy, if you will, the, uh, the, our over overlords. Well, um, the other thing you'll see too, is like, <clears throat> you know, a good example here is you see, a black person who supports gun ownership, they'll throw out the Uncle Tom thing. They'll say, oh, you're an Uncle oh, yeah. Tom. You want to see your people enslaved and all this shit. And like, no, I, I, I want self-defense is always what they say. Right. And it's, it's, they, they, they try to berate people and beat them down. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, what was it? Larry Elder was running in that, uh, re-election race against, uh, Gavin Newsom. And they like, they were, pink haired, you know, middle-aged women from white suburbia over here calling him, you know, racist or whatever else, because he wasn't going, he was black, not going with the status quo on the right. And you see it across time. And and a lot of these people, they don't really help themselves, but you have people like Ben Carson. um, And I think Herman Cain was another one. I think 
Herman Cain, when he was running for, for office, they, uh, they, they like brought his, like, he had an affair, like they had all these allegations against him, make him look like a bad person. Right. And, uh, I'm sure that if you dig through most of Congress, you, you can find some dirt on somebody, but when you control the narrative and you control the corporate press, it's easier to, you know, kind of, Hey, like, look at, look at how bad this guy is, but don't look at how bad this guy is. I mean, Cuomo got away with a lot of shit for a lot of years and nobody reported on it. And then finally it was like, well, we can't really sit here and, and protect this, this white sexual assaulter or whatever the hell he was, whatever he was doing. We can't, you know, there's too much evidence against him. We have to, you know, we have to get him out of there. And then he resigned, of course. So, I mean, all these people, like eventually they just, you know, they, they, if you're not saying what they want you to say, then they're going to, they're going to essentially make you look like the bad guy. Right. So if, you know, people were to go out and, uh, you know, actually try to secure their liberty, it would instantly be like, these guys are the bad guys. Like they're not like, they're not out here uh, fighting for everyone's liberty. They're fighting for some utopia from far right utopia or whatever the case may be. Um, And uh, he he finishes off once marginalization has been successful, the public is less likely to identify with or sympathize with the target group as the government campaign is stepped up. So that moves on to demonize and label as number three. Once the public has in its mind relegated the target group to fringe status, it is easier for the government to attack it. The public can be manipulated against the group. Public attitudes can be led from apathy to open hatred. And then he goes on to talk about how Hitler used that against Jews, right? He said Jews carry diseases. Well, the unvaccinated are out here make, causing everybody else to get COVID. The, the vaccine isn't protecting people from the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are overflowing hospitals, all this stuff, right? So they've already demonized. They've demonized people who don't want the vaccine or have natural immunity or whatever the case may be. So they're the ones that are causing, you know, your life to be difficult. They're the ones that are causing you to have to lose all these freedoms. Uh, and if you're just a good citizen and you get the vaccine, you can have all of your freedoms back. And most people are comfortable with uh, the level of, you know, the, the illusion of security that they have. We're like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. All we got to do is get a shot and we'll get our freedoms back. And even if, you know, there was no side effects for the vaccine, you know, people would still kind of be like, okay, cool. Like, why not? Let's do it. Instead of saying like, well, the government really shouldn't be telling me what I have to do in order to maintain or telling my employer, I should say, what I have to do in in, in sense of taking a medical uh, procedure just to keep my job. Right. So it kind of all it's all starting to tie in and into this. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today, because it just seems like we're getting closer to, you know, steps, uh, step five. But uh, step four is persecution. Once the target group has been pushed to the fringes of society and made out to be the bad guys, violence against the group's members can be taken with impunity. Australia. All these people in Australia who are out here protesting their government are literally being beaten by the government. And sure, we sit here and we're like, oh man, like that's really bad. We should run guns to Australia. And I'm, I'm down with it. But like, the you have to imagine that a majority of the people in Australia are probably just like, well, why don't you get the vaccine and quarantine and follow these rules and you'll be fine. And that's why these these uh, the law enforcement in, in Australia feel comfortable doing what they're doing. You know, you've, you've seen uh, videos from people asking cops, like, why are you enforcing this? And they're like, well, I'm not skilled to do anything else. So I'm just going to follow orders and continue to, to beat the population for, you know, having a different medical opinion than uh, the government, essentially. Well, it's like, uh, if you remember, too, uh, there was that, <clears throat> that campaign of punch a Nazi. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, they were like, hey, if you if you see someone wearing a red MAGA hat, uh, you, you are justified in punching them. Right. So, when that first started, I was a Republican. I, I supported Trump in 16, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Uh, found the light and never looked back. But I am 
six six, two hundred and sixty something fucking pounds. I mean, if you want to come up with that smoke, by all fucking means. Right. I don't fight with my fists anymore. I'm fucking lazy. I yeah. carry a nine on me. So yeah. And, and I mean, that's the, you know, that's the thing too is they don't like there. There are people uh, on on the left that they will engage in opportunistic violence. Right. If they see an uh, an opportunity to hit you over the head with a lead pipe when you're not looking, they'll do it. If they you know if they call you a Nazi or you don't agree with them. But a majority of these people. They don't want to do it themselves. They want the government. They want to use the government to, to, to basically take care of their dirty work, right? Like, there's like, yeah, you know, these people should be forced to get vaccinated. These people should be, uh, you know, they shouldn't be able to go to grocery stores and buy food and, and, and you know, live their lives. Um, but they don't want to enforce that. They want somebody else to come and enforce it for them, hence the government. And that's why they're trying so hard to get, you know, pretty much total control over the system and why I personally believe that we need to get, like, if we just got rid of uh, the the federal government, that we would have just a lot more liberty, even with a lot of these blue states. Um, there you go. That's a glorious sound. But yeah, it's, I mean, I know it's no easy feat and I, I keep saying it, but, uh, but I, I it just, without the federal government, the left really has, no means to push their views uh, onto us in, in like a physical sense to make us comply, right? Uh, and then the last one is elimination. So the last step is elimination of the target group. This need not go to such blatant extremes as Nazi Germany's final solution, Stalin's anti-Kulak campaigns or starvation of the Ukrainians or the Chinese massacre at Tiananmen Square. Mass jailings, confiscation of property, loss of jobs, and various civil penalties may suffice to break the backs of the resistance. So that's what they're doing right now. I mean, I, I guess you could say, in a sense, with these mandates, uh, they are looking to eliminate dissident voices. I mean, you have a bunch of uh, healthcare workers getting laid off and fired for not taking the vaccine. Uh, and you have... Uh, you know, now they went from being heroes to to being anti-vaxxers. And, and I'm sure like somebody that works in the medical profession has had all their other vaccines, you know, all the ones that we've had around for a long time. I'm sure like it's not just I don't want to get this vaccine. They probably have a greater reason. Um, but yeah. And, and then uh, what the Delta Airlines, I believe Delta Southwest was fining uh, employees like two hundred dollars. Uh, you know, in, in Washington, starting October 25th, if businesses uh, don't start uh, testing unvaccinated employees, um, they're going to get charged thousands of dollars just for, for not testing uh, their employees or checking to see if their employees are vaccinated. And, and you know, that brings me to kind of like something else I saw uh, Tim Poole tweeted today, that uh, if you're against vaccine mandates... Uh, but you get the vaccine in order to keep your job, you're not really against vaccine mandates. And I, I see a lot of people that say, well, you know, I have to think about my family. I have to think about, you know, my finances and, and my security. And I totally understand that. I fortunately am in, a, in, a, in, a, in an industry where I don't think that that's going to gain a lot of, uh, where the mandates are going to gain a lot of traction. I think that uh, a lot of the trades uh, are a little bit more right leaning and they're going to hold out. But I, I, you know, and I don't have kids. So, again, like, hey, like, I don't know. I don't have the whole family to provide for. Uh, but this is one of those things where it's like compliance, even if it's coerced, is still powering the machine. So you have to decide, like, do I uh, oppose mandates or do I care about comfort and security more? And it, it just, it starts bringing, you know, the whole uh, Samuel Adams quote, where if you love liberty or if you love wealth more than liberty uh, or, you know, safety, essentially, then, you know, go away. We don't, we don't, we don't want you. We won't call you our countrymen. Uh, I, I, like, I, I, I do want to push back on, on uh, something there. I think okay. you can have the vaccine and still be against the mandates. Um, oh, yeah. To me, uh, so I, I don't agree with Tim Poole on, on 
everything. Um, right. I, I've never been a huge fan of his. <clears throat> Maybe I need to watch more of his stuff. People say he's really on point with a lot of stuff. I don't watch him. But I look at it like this. I know people who don't own a single firearm who have never shot one, but will advocate for firearm ownership harder than most Republicans will. Um, uh, so the idea that people are caving for their, they're, they're taking this risk reward scenario and they're saying, look, I have no option. If I lose my job right now, my, my kids are on the street. I'm on the street. My wife's on the street. I don't blame people for that. That's, that's what the system wants and not everybody can fight it. Um, I'm actually a 1099 employee right now. So nobody can force me to get that motherfucker. Uh, even if, even if where I contract through, if they're like, Hey, you're going to get the vaccine. They have no legal obligation to force me to. Right. So, I mean, well, it's, I, it's, it is everybody's situation is different. That's just what I want. To right. Say. And I understand everybody's situation different. And I understand that if you are one of the at risk individuals, if you're overweight, if you're elderly, if you're immunocompromised, like, yes, I understand, like you should probably get the vaccine and it's cool. Like get the vaccine. Uh, if you want to, I have no problem with that. I will not talk shit about anybody who's like, Hey, look, like, you know, this is serious for my health. I have X, Y, and Z disease, immunocompromisation, like whatever, like go ahead, get the vaccine. I have no problem with people getting the vaccine. My thing is, is if you're a perfectly healthy individual and you say you are against government mandates and your employer per the government request is like, hey, you need to get va- you need to either get the vaccine or get fired or get tested uh, weekly. Then uh, and, and you go and you get the vaccine and you talk about, well, I was coerced. It was like, look, like I understand, like you have a family you have to take care of. You have other things you have to think of. But there are there's literally cropping up because free markets provide. There are like blogs, websites, forums, whatever where it's just jobs that will not make you get the vaccine. So if, if that's something like if, if employment is, is more important to you than Liberty, then sure. Like find one of those employers and go do it. But I have a hard time making it mesh where people are like, I oppose the vaccine and I got this vaccine or I, I oppose the mandates and I got this vaccine under coercion. I don't really think that meshes too well in, in, in my mind, because if you actually uh, if you actually oppose mandates, then you would do something about it. And I'm sure that there are other people like, you know, the healthcare industry in, uh, well, I think it was New York, where they're talking about bringing in the National Guard because they've had so many healthcare employees quit or, or get fired. Uh, they're going to bring in the National Guard. So, like, you think a private industry, you think like a plumbing company is going to be like, oh man, all of my plumbers quit because they don't want to get the vaccine. And they're working for this guy over here or they're working side gigs. I can probably make more money doing side gigs than I can uh, working for my company. But there people are going to find ways to make things work. Right. And it's just like whenever something like this happens, black markets spring up and, and people start doing things off the books. I mean, anytime there's any type of, of, of mandate or ban or, or a law against something, it just creates black markets and now more crime. But that's part of, you know, step five and what he just said in the, in the in resistance to tyranny elimination. They want to make people either comply or become, uh, I think I saw somebody call it destitute. They want somebody to become destitute because it's harder to fight back when you don't have the financial means. But if we're coming down to that point, if people are like, well, it's either I'm homeless or I get the vaccine to keep my job. To me, it just sounds like it's time to start dumping tea into the harbor. I, like, honestly, our founding fathers, can you imagine if if a colonist said, I have a, a wife and kids, I can't go fight for liberty. If like half of, you know, the majority of the colonists were just like, well, I have a family, so I can't go fight the British Empire. You know, that that three percent or whatever it was would, would be a lot smaller. And I don't think we'd have the same outcome that we had. Uh, but they they realized that liberty is more important than comfort and security so they went out they picked up the rifles they left their families at home and they they risked their lives for liberty and i just i mean if, if that's your excuse if you want to take care of your family i would imagine you would want your family to be free because in the next 30 40 years 
it's going to get a lot worse if we don't do something about it. And I don't think this is something we can simply vote our way out of. I think what's going to happen is, is down the road, Republicans are going to be the ones protecting all of the, the laws and the mandates that the Democrats put in now, because that's what they do. You know, the, the left implements it. And then a couple of decades later, the right upholds it as the law because the right is all about law and order, you know? So I think that eventually, um, and they already are. I mean, you have guys like Mitt Romney, who's not really a Republican, but you have guys, people on the right who are like, Hey, you should go out and get your vaccine and it's perfectly safe. And all these mandates, nobody is, nobody in Washington is really pushing back up against it. There's a, there's been a lot of protests against it, but I haven't really seen any Washington state Republicans speak out against it. And they, they rarely do because they're, they're comfortable in their, their position at the table. Yeah. I'm looking up something real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to find out how many people in Congress are fully vaccinated. Um, because uh, I know for a while it was a very low percentage. Uh, who's vaccinated? And it's weird yeah. that this is public record. Like, I've never cared so much. I mean, I still don't care whether you're vaccinated or not. But, like, people, all of a sudden, we had a new guy at work. And, like, the first conversation he had, he, he introduced himself and he started talking about how he was vaccinated. It's like, I don't care. Why, why would yeah. you, like... Like, oh, hey, man, I got my flu vaccine the other day. Like, that was never a conversation until now. So, like, why are we so comfortable all of a sudden talking about our medical procedures and and our vaccination status? It's because if you're not vaccinated, you're the bad guy and you're marginalized, demonized, and, you know, set up for elimination, essentially. The the second article I found on Google is a CNN.com article. Oh, and so it's the unbiased. headline, yeah, it's completely unfair, <laughs> unbiased, and one hundred percent factual. Yeah. Uh, congressional Democrats have one hundred percent vaccination rate. Uh, the fact that that's the one of the top two headlines um, just shows that your vaccination status is now a part of your personality. Like yeah. people yeah. will judge you based upon whether or not you're vaccinated. Yeah. Like that's like the whole thing. I I'm I I would not be surprised if they started putting that on like your driver's license, right? So like if you like you're an license organ plates. donor, you're an organ donor, you you know, you have a uh, a motorcycle endorsement and you're vaccinated. Like whatever they put on your driver's license, I don't know how it is in other states, but like that's gonna be on there. It's like Organ donor vaccinated. I uh, <clears throat> so with with <clears throat> my bootleg account on Facebook because obviously I was not born with that name. Uh, I will add almost anyone. There are two kinds of people that I do not add on Facebook because I don't have enough patience. Are the people that have those giant circles? And that have like the, I'm vaccinated, so this can end or something like that bullshit. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, hard pass on that one. And then anyone that has a profile picture with a giant red Q, and then it says where one goes, we all go. Yeah. That's a hard pass as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of red flags, you know, and like, because I'm only on Twitter, it's it's a little bit different. I like to see a lot of what these weirdos out here, the blue checks, what they're saying, uh, and that's that's because I don't really I don't really watch mainstream media. I don't have cable. Cable's two thousand and lame, bro. Uh, it's all about internet streaming everything, right? Uh, so I don't like turn on you know CNN or Fox or whatever. Like I'll see an article or as I'm scrolling through Twitter, and that's you know how I get my news, but. And I feel, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot going on. Like Facebook, I didn't find out a, Facebook was down until half the day was gone because this doesn't affect me anymore. But I, I, I didn't know until that same time that there was some whistleblower. And so you, you see a lot of these things and you're just like, well, like, are those two really related? I, I think that the data leak 
uh, and that, the fact that they got hacked is probably closer related to whatever the whistleblower had to say. Uh, but I feel like it would be easy for somebody on you know, Fox to kind of bring that up and, and make that part of the narrative. Like, oh, face a whistleblower comes out and all of a sudden Facebook's down. I, I just I don't think that meshes either, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of narrative that they use there. Yeah, I think uh, I just made a great connection. The the vaxxer die people are just blue queuing on uh, because they oh, believe yeah. in they believe <laughs> in <sure>. falsehoods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but, and I mean, like every every so often, you know, the they essentially they they change sides, and it depends on who has the most control over the government. So when the right has, you know, the house and, and, uh, and the Senate, they've obviously got more power in government than if, um, you know, they have the president, the president really has very little power. He can make executive orders all day long, but the second he leaves office, you know, the next guy can kind of just throw him out the window. So executive orders really aren't as bad as everybody thinks they are. However, a lot of the executive orders that, you know, one president passes on, gets carried over into the next presidency without any pushback and nobody really pays attention because they kind of forget about what the last president did unless they're talking about uh supreme court justices so they're like oh that's trump's justice even though it's the senate that has to approve them to be you know so the senate has a lot more power uh than people uh give it credit for i think people think that everything revolves around the president and that the president holds just all this power over the government. So who, who the president is really doesn't matter. They're all the same uh, to some degree. They just have different, you know, they have the different narratives. You know, they have the left narrative, the right narrative. And uh, it just, it, it kind of just, it's a, it's a vicious cycle of like the left making all of these cultural changes and then the right coming in and upholding it as law, essentially like, well, this is the law. You have to follow the law. You know, I know you don't like it, but if you just complied, you wouldn't have gotten shot five times for having a blown taillight. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, you, so you're right. The, the president's not supposed to really matter. It's supposed to be just a single point of failure should there be an emergency, this is the person who kind of is supposed to help organize and coordinate it. So, for example, the president is like the CEO of a business. Congress is the board. The board makes a lot of the really big decisions. The president's supposed to help kind of run the day-to-day operations. But the board makes the big decisions. You're like, hey, we want to rebrand, blah, blah, blah. We're gonna, You're going to go do this. And they're the ones that are supposed to help run certain things. It's not a perfect analogy, but yes, the president's not supposed to make every single decision. This is not the, the, this is not a monarchy. This is not the person who's supposed to make every decision. But Congress has delegated a lot of those powers over the last 249 years or whatever it is uh, to the president because of two reasons. Number one, they don't want to be the ones to blame because they can hold their positions for as long as they want to. The president will be gone in four or eight years. So why why should they take the blame? And number two, because they will 100% delegate powers to the president if it's their party in power. Republicans oh, yeah. love delegating power to the president when it's a Republican in office. Democrats right. love doing the same thing when it's a Democrat in office. And you right. see this really interesting concept like, Every time a Democrat's in office, Republicans really love to point out how how gas prices fluctuate. Uh, and then Democrats really love to point out gun violence when a Republican's in office. But yet, those two things have outside factors. Yes, there are times where the government is involved with causing more of both of those. But nobody focuses on that. They see, oh, it's left side, it's right side. They don't look at it as... Yes, it's two wings, but on the same fucking bird. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you know, something you said earlier about the monarchy, the, the anti-federalists uh, and the anti-federalist papers, they talked a lot about, you know, the Constitution and the, the new consolidated government was going to either lead to uh, a monarchy or a king. 
the president being a king or it's going to lead to a tyrannical aristocracy. And I, I think that we have both. I mean, you know, you have all of the uh, the undelegated powers that were transferred to the president around 2001, you know, when uh, the global war on terror started, they shifted. And I think it was, who was it? It was uh, Green Gringrich or whatever the fuck his name was. Newt, uh, Newt, uh, Gingrich. Newt Gringrich. How do you say his name? Gringrich. Anyway, that motherfucker, yeah. he was the one who was like, yeah, like he, he started the whole, like, let's give George Bush all these powers so we can fight the terrorizers. Uh, who want nothing more than to, you know, uh, stifle our freedoms. So that gave way to it. And, and, and a lot of people, they don't really like, like, oh, they don't think about like, maybe the next guy won't use these powers or maybe these powers will, will end. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like they just kind of pass it on to the next, uh, the next administration and nobody says shit about it. You know, Congress, again, is they're in control of spending. So when somebody is like, oh, Trump's economy was, you know, is why we're we're in the shitter right now is why the economy's in the shit. Like, no, the economy's in the shit in the shitter right now because of all the, the economic terrorism that they committed with all these lockdowns. And like, yeah, it was mostly committed by blue state governors. Uh, but, you know, now you have Congress and everybody else with with their trillion dollar spending bills saying, oh, it's going to cost zero dollars, but we have to tax the rich to pay for it. How does that make any sense? You know, so people always blame the last president for the current economic situation, but they don't look at who is actually responsible for, you know, spending, who, who makes the spending bills. It's it's Congress. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is funny. I, I would I would Personally, I would say that a lot of these delegations of powers to the president started closer to a hundred years ago with oh, Wilson. Yeah. But yes, I will agree that there is a lot of it that got transferred in two thousand and one with uh, the, right. the signing of the Patriot Act and giving this like unilateral fucking black ops to the White House. Like they right. were they were pushing they were pushing some shit out of there that they had no constitutional right to be doing. So, um, but I did want to ask you a question. Shoot. So, so you know, uh, you've been in some of these meetings. Uh, to, uh, October twenty second is Natalie Bruno's kickoff uh, for her campaign, mm-hmm. and so since it's very close to Texas, and I'm going to introduce myself as bootleg who enjoyed coming out to East Texas uh, in Oklahoma, which they will love. Uh, should should we get a a big banner that's signed by George W. Bush? It says, uh, "Victory." What was it? What was it that said on that aircraft carrier? It says, "Victory." Oh, mission accomplished. Yeah, mission accomplished. That's mission what I should do. That was his. Yes. Thing. Yeah. 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 That was fucking yeah. phenomenal. Get a, get a big uh, with a big uh, George W. Bush. Was that uh, the picture of him with the uh, the painting? The oil painting of him crashing the planes into the yeah, do that. That would be hilarious. I think you should pull in with like a big semi truck uh, and like a Trans Am, you know, with a big old MAGA hat, and then your <laughs> George Bush banner on the side, eastbound and down. Bring everybody some shitty like PBR or something like that, some ice. Yeah. Uh... I want to embarrass her, but I don't know if I'm going to do it on stage. It may be afterwards, and it may be like, like I'm, I'm may just introduce her as like some crazy lady we found somewhere, like <laughs> yeah. especially at the protest. Yeah, you should just wear like a jester outfit and show up like a Hawaiian, like a hibiscus pattern, like jester outfit, and come up and just be the comedic relief that everybody needs. It, it is a shame that she's bringing me out there to end her campaign before it even begins. But, uh, <laughs> um, you don't give yourself no, enough credit. I've, I've checked my credit score. I give myself the correct amount of credit <laughs> and it is low. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, the RCLP has a lot of events that go on. Um, and, 
I've I've noticed too that there's not a lot of credit given to the RCLP when national rights articles and the RCLP is involved with it. There's n- almost no credit given to the RCLP. There it may be a line item at the bottom of the article, but uh, it is interesting because the the Russell House thing was a big yeah. RCLP event. You know, one of the two uh, main people on it was Seth Alton, mm-hmm. who is a member of the RCLP. Him and James put on the whole thing. And I guarantee you, when the article's written about it, not a damn thing is said about RCLP. No. Well, yeah, I mean, how much support does the RCLP have from the former vice presidential candidates by Cohen. I mean, like you would think I haven't really heard anything from national or anybody about Joe Jorgensen, but spike is still out here doing a bunch of stuff, doing great things. You know, he, he's spicy on the, on the internet and he's spicy out uh, actually doing activism where you don't really see a lot of these big national LPs. And again, like not a huge fan of national. I don't really think that they're doing much, but, uh, I think that they could at least give credit where credit is due. And, you know, here in Washington, like I'm starting to, I'm starting to come up with ideas for having our own, uh, our own events. Uh, But right now we, you know, we have on the 15th, we've got a a anti-mandate protest in uh, Seattle and I'm going to get as many people to show up from, you know, the RCLP as I can and, and, and add to it. And we're kind of just like the footnote, you know, like we're we brought a, a, for the 9-11 event. We had a lot of dudes show up. A lot of boys came. Right. Uh, and then there was some other people intermingled in there. But there wasn't a lot. I, I feel like the ratio of like LP people and like RCLP uh, I think that we probably had a larger group. It sounds weird when you say it like that. RCLP walk doesn't sound like English. The redacted it like Japanese. Washington. I'm gonna, <laughs> it just sounds it sounds more official when I say the whole thing. So I'm just gonna say the whole thing. So having strokes. But I mean, yeah. So like, bottom line is like we we get people <laughs> to show up, and I think that it's not exclusive to the RCLP. I think it's a lot of these other groups when they get people to show up and they're not like on the top of, of nationals list national doesn't acknowledge them. Uh, I think that you see a lot of that with like the Mises caucus and, you know, I, I'm a fan of, of Mises. I'm a fan of the Mises Institute. There are some things that I would do differently if I was in charge of the Mises caucus, but uh, I think a lot of the headway that they've made, you know, it, it gets pretty much no recognition from anybody except for like the fakertarians and the, and the, the Lalberts who want to just sit here and talk shit and don't actually go out and do anything to change, uh, uh, to affect politics in their local area. So I'm realizing something here. I'm, I'm looking on Facebook cause I just got a notification that we just went live, uh, on Facebook. Uh, so Facebook's still, uh, it's still getting a skull. It's clawing. It's, it's trying to stay relevant. It's it's trying to claw its way back to life. It's trying to uh, unzuck itself. <laughs> when, when Zuckerberg zucks himself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit! Wrong button. <laughs> he says that fucking page Facebook. They they got harmful shit. Fuck. Wait. Oh, go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some. Oh man. But uh. Yeah, Nick Nick Day is having a he's having an orgasm on Facebook about this episode. I can't see any of the, his comments. So, yeah, I haven't seen any any. Do we are we, we got, getting like? I don't know how to is, use technology, man. I don't know how to make shit pop up on the screen. I don't have access to that shit. I'm just here to, to have long winded rants. Uh, so we've got four comments. Um. Jennifer, sup losers. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, did your Facebook page get sucked? No. And I said, no, it did not. No more mandates. Hashtag. Um, those are all from YouTube. So what have we learned here, ladies and gentlemen? Go to YouTube. Subscribe. Sorry. 
and shut the hell up, Siri. The government's listening to me. Um, <laughs> they heard you. They heard me. Zuckerberg is uh, listening. Um, go to YouTube, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Set it to always because Facebook will probably go down again. Once there's blood in the water, the sharks will come. But, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, was like, I, I wonder if somebody lost their job because of this. Like, I want to know. I'm sure we'll find out in like the days to come, like what the cause was. I'm sure they'll make up some excuse and try to sugarcoat it. But I wonder, like, if some like security like analysis was sitting there and just like, oh, look at this. You know, he was probably on some OnlyFans page and he clicked the wrong link, and boom, Facebook went down. I was probably trying to look at some like kitty porn or something like that. Uh, I mean, um, I don't know how Facebook employees work. I just assume they're all fucking deranged. I would say probably not all of them. I would say upper management is deranged. There's, I'm sure there's. Know. If you like, still work for Facebook, you should be ashamed of yourself. I will say this: if I was offered a a low level job at Facebook, because uh, my degree is actually in like computer programming, uh, I would probably take that job, especially if it's remote and I can live here. A hundred thousand dollars starting off it buys a lot of guns. Uh, Bro, I. Look, hey man, I bought a shit ton of, of ammo with the uh, with the government. Uh, please don't, you know, riot money that they sent us last year. But uh, money. <laughs> but like, I don't know if I would feel safe. Uh, if I would be proud of myself for accepting Facebook digital blood money. Well, I worked at a facility that made explosives for a long time. I worked there for about four years. Um, uh, that's a, that's literal blood money uh so i mean i mean i was i was in the army bro i mean you, you know you know how it is like <laughs> that's we, we all make we all make money. mistakes oh <laughs> uh, but yeah so did you hear that uh am uh not amazon facebook employees couldn't even get into the building because the the system that they've built everything around is what's failed and so their their in-house network, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, and a couple other things yeah. um, wouldn't work because this backbone is what's failed. Yeah. And they believe it's a DNS issue because when you ping the website, it doesn't it for a while there, it wouldn't even show that the the domain name Facebook.com existed. And it was actually listed online for sale. And uh, Jack, uh, not Jack Casey, Jack uh, Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah, somebody tweeted it out, and he retweeted, a quote tweeted, it and said, "How much?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like when you compare Twitter to Facebook, like Twitter's not that bad. Like they might slap like a misinformation thing on there, but like. If Jack, if, if Twitter took over Facebook or whatever, like, honestly, I think Facebook might get a little bit better. Uh, obviously, not much. But I know Jack Dorsey is also not the one that's in control of Twitter anymore since he, like, sold it to the board or whatever. Yeah. Whatever corpos do to make more money. He's no longer CEO. They've, they've removed him. He's still a stakeholder. They just removed him as CEO. They removed him. I believe so, yeah. Damn. Was that before or after he tweeted out Rothbard? That was long before. I think. Oh, I really? think he got. I think he. Yeah. I think they removed him and they put someone else in there. I, I don't know for certain. Don't right. fucking yell at me in the comments. I'll see you fucking typing, you piece of shit. Um. But uh, <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear your angry typing. You three hundred pound blue haired. Yeah, you three hundred pound <laughs> blue haired fucking Democrat yelling at me about Jack Dorsey. Uh, uh you white but, suburban, um, you you white woman. <laughs> Jesus, it's always white women. Um, yeah, but uh, can we just take a minute and honestly, just like, can we just give a huge shout out to one of the best people on the internet? He's never censored anyone. He welcomed all of us individually, and he was the greatest human being on the planet. Tom from MySpace, dog. He gave us granted. We took the man for granted, and when something new in China came along, we left that poor motherfucker behind. 
do you do you remember how everybody was pissed that you had to be friends with Tom? I remember that, but it wasn't that big of a deal because it's not like he was right. like looking through your shit. Bro, I didn't even think Tom I thought it was like this is the MySpace like assistant, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't know Tom from MySpace was a real person because you didn't I never saw him anywhere. I was also, you know, a kid and didn't give a shit. But Yeah. I remember I remember like the internet being the wild west going on AIM and and talking to all these like dudes in their basement like I'm a 16 year old girl I'm like I'm a 16 year old boy where are you from and they're like <laughs> oh yeah they're like oh like that was totally a dude like thinking back on it that was totally a dude uh and I was I was sitting here asking for pictures of their butthole so <laughs> <laughs> How many how many 30-year-old dude buttholes pictures did you get? None. That you're gonna admit to? That, no, I got a couple <laughs> viruses on my computer. There was some there were some questionable links that I probably shouldn't have clicked on. Uh, but fortunately I didn't get touched as a child, so we're good, you know. But like the the internet used to just be, you know, wow. it, I mean, even it, it's hard for people today to really think back past last year and like what the internet used to be like the last like 10 years you know like except for like the really old people who like just kind of like they still have this big box computer and they they turn it on every once in a while to type out christmas cards and shit like that like your grandparents but yeah. like most people in their like i don't know their, their 20s i'd say that they just they don't know what the internet was like you know, they don't remember when YouTube came out and how, like, just, like, the comment section. You know, and the one last holdout, I will say, is the Xbox Live chat and the Xbox Live comments. Like, do you, you send somebody a, a, a threatening, like, oh, you suck, like, go kill yourself? Like, yeah, like, you're, you'll get banned or whatever Xbox does. But you can be in the Halo group chat, you know, just sitting here telling people you're going to fuck their moms nothing happened. You can be as racist as you want on Xbox. As long as it's in the game chat, you're good to go. Like somebody might report you and be like, Oh, we don't have any evidence. So sorry. Just don't leave a paper trail and you can be the worst human being you want on Xbox game chat. Do you remember, did you ever play modern warfare too? Of course. I think if there are recordings of that floating around, anyone who's ever played that game will never be able to run for public office because they will use that for if, if hate speech laws come really out, yeah. if hate speech laws come out in the United States, and they're able to uh, like work it back in time, they're yeah. arresting pretty much most of the United States at yeah. this point. Well, yeah, because I mean, you think it was like back then; it was mostly that came out in what, like two thousand and two thousand ten, somewhere in there. It was, I know it was right around one of my deployments. I think. It was either 2000, I think it was when I was still in Kentucky. So that had to have been 2009 to 2012. But like on the Xbox 360, you know, like those, it was all like 15, 14, 13 year olds who'd get home from school. And then they just sit there and talk about doing vile things to your mother. 2009. If, if, if Xbox keeps receipts, man, you guys are fucked. Yes. It was 2009. It was November 10, 2009. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's uh and it it still isn't a lot better. I, I will say oh, no. m- most of the communications on Xbox has moved to party chat. It used to be game chat, you had to turn your volume down going in and coming out of a game because you would blow your fucking eardrums out. Now <laughs> it's yeah. pretty quiet. Because you yeah. I, dude, look, you you would hear people shit talking the entire game and the person they were shit talking to is on the other team yeah. but they would they would they would keep talking shit kill them and then you would hear them continuously talking shit the whole time and people were like yeah. dude, shut the fuck up yeah. and it's like people just yelling at you dude it's fucking yeah. glorious no i remember playing like battlefield 1942 and counter-strike on the pc and it was like people would be like, I have like your address. Like I looked up your IP address. I know where you live. Uh, I'm going to come in and do some vile shit to your mom. And it's like some 15 year old. Yeah. Or like the my dad works for Xbox and we're gonna deactivate your account. Yeah. Uh my dad my dad's a cop. 
We're going to find you. Okay, bro. Well, I mean, if your dad's a cop, I mean, the worst he's going to do is beat your mom and then give me a ticket for speeding. <laughs> bro, oh, that's domestic abuse jokes are funny. Anyways. Now, we need to do like a, we're going to do like a gaming episode now. We've started it. So I've actually talked to a few people about potentially doing some fundraisers doing some gaming stuff because i know eskimo streams on twitch or mm-hmm. has talked about it um i know jason lines from muddy waters does um i dabbled in some twitch for a while there and then i quit playing video games because now i'm busy with all this lp bullshit um but i would love to organize a a really strong charity for either like either um like a charity or for a campaign or something like that. I'd really like to get something organized. We had talked about uh, on Clubhouse, for those of you who don't have it, go download Clubhouse. There's a lot of good libertarians on there. Um, But we had talked about doing a Smash Bros. tournament on the Switch. And uh, that will create create some animosity between podcasters. Because... Well, so I know they, uh, who was it? Uh, Conan O'Brien a while back used to get like athletes, like he got uh, Gronkowski and like Marshawn Lynch to play like Mortal Kombat and Madden and all these other games with them. And it, they would just sit there and videotape them. And I mean, like, absolutely. I think if we got like you and some other people from the network going together and just like having, uh, having like a, a just like one big live stream of everybody playing you know, Smash Bros, whatever, that uh, I would probably pay to see that. Like, I, I don't have a Switch. Uh, I, I have an Xbox only, but uh, I would I would pay to see the, uh, the, the, the relationships get shattered. So, <clears throat> for those of you still watching, uh, <laughs> let me know, would you want to see a Not A Real Libertarian versus Muddy Waters versus independent podcasters uh mario smash brothers tournament because i think we could find something that we could all you like unite behind maybe even the russell uh convalescence home like GoFundMe to raise money for that that I, that might be something good or there you go. you know, something that's else to come down the road but yeah let us know if that's something you would pay good money to see uh <clears throat> and we could set it up to where it's it's showing us because I will be honest. <clears throat> I am very animated when I play video games. Uh, there is a lot of vulgarity. There is a lot of hand movements. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of there's a lot of lots. Um, and I, I think I think it would be a good time. We, we that might be something we work out for something. But uh, so. Any last things? Oh fuck! I I've just forgot that there's a a a sponsor I didn't talk about. Oh yeah, you got to put that up there. Um, really, only thing I got. Same thing I said last week. You know, October fifteenth, uh, LP Washington has uh, a <laughs> anti mandate uh, rally and then a a dinner with Spike on October fifteenth. You can find out more information about that at lpwa.com org uh go to their events check that out you can get tickets there uh i will be at the rally uh hopefully i will be at the dinner as well uh but then we have some stuff on the 16th and 17th for those of you listening that are on the east side of the state and want to go or want to go to the east side of the state uh they're having a rally in richland and then they're having a range day with spike uh in spokane i want to say on the 17th 17th uh might not be there for those might who knows we'll see i gotta change my brakes before i drive over the mountains if you are in the oklahoma area the weekend of the 22nd and the 23rd come hang out with us in oklahoma city uh natalie bruno's got some events going on one of which is uh, axe throwing and there will be a very small jewish man who has a uh an addiction to my little pony named spike cohen um he will be there to throw these very large sharp objects um 
it's going to be a lot of fun. The proceeds from the X song will go to Natalie Bruno's campaign so that when she wins as governor, uh, she's throwing a pool party that she's not uh, agreed to yet, but she will be throwing a pool party (laughs) at the governor's mansion. uh, And the pool is in the shape of Oklahoma. So come hang out. I will, I will fly to Oklahoma for a pool party. If that happens. And what's funny is she and Will and I talked about this on Thursday. She's the only candidate this network's endorsed. We've had a lot of candidates on, and she's the only one we've publicly endorsed. Yeah, I mean that's good. Hey, man, I talked to somebody on Twitter not too long ago that said that they just don't believe in running libertarians at the state level, and they they think that uh, running it at the local level is the only way to go. So when she wins, if you don't uh, ruin her her <laughs> campaign first, uh, when she wins. Uh, that'll be like, all right, cool. So we can do state. We we have a governor. We have we have a libertarian governor. What's next? We just gotta keep moving, get all these states, you know, flip them all gold or as gold as possible. So that way we can just say fuck you to the federal government, split up, do our own thing, live in our own utopias. Exactly. Well, uh, it's time to go. But those of you still watching, uh, go check out the. Uh, Liberty Roundtable on Muddy Waters Media. They've got some interesting guests on tonight. And uh go yeah, go go hang out with them and uh good night and good liberty. What's up everybody? Welcome to episode five. Oh, no.